Hello, welcome to the Money Revelation Podcast, a podcast dedicated to giving you money revelations to ease your financial stress. My name is Brian, owner of Madeline Financial Coaching, where I am dedicated to helping stressed out couples gain control on their finances so they can live without money anxiety. I believe that each person's money journey is individualized, and there is not just one dedicated way to gain money clarity. Let's get going on this voyage as we explore money and personal topics to guide you to that set of financial dreams you have always thrived for. Thanks for being here, and I would be deeply grateful if you could like, follow, and subscribe to my channel. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Season 2 of the Money Revelation Podcast. This is the, I had a teaser episode, but this is the official first episode of Season 2, I guess you could say. Uh, Took some time off, to be honest with you. It was a very busy month, month and a half. But we're back now, and we're back, and we're going to have some fun with this season. I'm going to have some special guests on, and there's going to be a lot of good information on this. Uh, some couple cleanup notes since I've been gone. Um, I will be introducing a new YouTube live series on Monday. It's going to call be called Mocktail Mondays. And basically, we're going to just go live on YouTube, I am, and talk finances. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about great mocktails. Um, I am not a drinker anymore. And I just thought it would be kind of a fun thing to do every live every Monday. So check that out. Monday evening is going to be the first one coming up. So that'll be like November. What is that? I don't even know what day it is. 20th maybe? Maybe. Sounds about right. Possibly the 19th. Anyways, um, tonight is a very special or today is a very special episode because I have a very special guest on to launch season two. And this is going to be really fun, hopefully. We're going to make it fun. And we have a, well, I have a mocktail and she has a glass of uh, regular white wine. Hello to my wife, Carrie. How are you? Good. Glad to be here. Great. Uh, Well, let's just have some fun with this. We're just kind of winging this, people. You know I don't edit a lot. So this is going to be fun. We're going to do a cheers here. There you go. There's my mocktail. There's your wine. And I wanted to kind of kick this conversation off tonight because you've had to deal with me and we've had to deal with each other's finances for 13 years now. And yeah, so why don't you just, let's get right into it. Tell us, honestly, so you you, you all might have seen my about me on my website. Carrie taught me a lot about credit, about money. Um, many, 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 many years ago, and it really got me interested in it too. But Carrie, tell us about how you learned about money originally. What do you remember about growing up on money? Because you're really good at it. Did your dad teach you? Did you learn on your own? I mean, like I said, you're very knowledgeable. Like, how did you build your skills? What do you remember? Well, I thank you for the uh, uh, all that. Um, so I would say even from a young age, I always try to be generous with my money. If I, I, you know, you should be generous with whatever money you have, not when you have the money, but whatever you have. Even, you know, I remember going to church and my little envelope, I'd always put extra money in. Um, when it was Christmas, 
you know, I'd make sure I get gifts for everyone. So having generosity with money. Um, my dad was always good with money. So I kind of learned by watching him, you know, with having a positive outlook on money. And my biggest philosophy with money is if you have, if you don't have it, don't spend it. Ooh. Um, simple as that, you know? Um, and you know, my dad was big when I was a teenager teaching me how to manage money and not overcomplicating it. You know, it's you, you have money, like here's what you need to, you know, here's what you need to account for to spend it on. And if you run out, you run out. Um, so here's your needs. This is what you need. This is what you should be spending on your money. If you run out, you don't have enough for your wants is what you're saying, essentially, right? Basically, these are requirements growing up. You need gas for your car, probably your dad said. You need essentials and stuff like that. And if you don't have any money, tough. Well, I was also raised very generously with my dad with money in terms of, you know, I was very aware of the money I had. And he was very generous in, you know, any whatever I needed he was always happy to get me and if it's something extravagant obviously i'm paying for it but when i got to college you know i always tried to be very responsible like i'm on my own i want to make sure i pay for things get a job um you know when i got to be out of college um i remember life didn't quite work out in the path i thought so my main focus was any little money i had i wasn't going to let that define me. I was going to make those memories. And I remember once I graduated, I start earning even a little bit of money. I remember treating myself. It was so silly. I opened my Kohl's credit card and I bought myself something small from my paycheck, obviously that I could afford. And I remember, I couldn't tell you what it was, but I was very proud of myself because I'd earned that money to pay for that. Um, but you did something for yourself. That was key. Uh, that conversation you just had right now with everyone is you ended up working hard and saving and all this other stuff like that. And you rewarded yourself. And that's what people I think forget sometimes is some people reward themselves way too much. <laughs> but overall, in the long run, you're not saying you said something small at Kohl's is what you would do or whatever when you first had a good money accomplishment. Obviously doesn't need to be extravagant, I don't think. Um, but in the long run, you know, even months later after you're saving or whatever you're doing, you're getting your finances back in order, you should reward yourself. You know, you, you gave the sample today that you didn't make lunch. I'll just tell you. And you said, you know what? I'm going to reward myself with lunch today. I remember that conversation this morning. But it's just like the little things that people, I think, personally sometimes forget about it. And that's why I always believe in budgeting me money every month. It doesn't have to be hundreds of hundreds of dollars of this and that. It can just be something small. Um, yeah. What would you say? I forgot what I was going to ask you. So what would you say to... Well, no, what would you say the most scared moment? Maybe you don't know off the top of your head, but you could just kind of say whatever you feel. Scared moment or kind of wake up moment you've had in money in the last 10 years, 15 years where you were just like, oh, shit, 
I got to do something to get my finances in order. Was there a moment where you're like, I'm not broke, but like I, I hit the wall and I have nothing left and I need to do something now or nothing's going to change good for the future. Glad you asked. There are two. Um, two. So number one, when I graduated from college, life didn't plan out as I thought. So I had a decision to make. And I decided to take a different chance than I had planned. And I worked three part-time jobs and I lived with my best friend and I my I wasn't making a lot of money I made honestly I made enough to pay what I needed to um for my living expenses for my car I had to get my health insurance because at that time it wasn't that you could stay in your health and your parents' health insurance until you were twenty six, it twenty three and out. Um, this is so before kind of Obama. A, yeah, this is before, right before Obamacare. So, so I wasn't necessarily broke, but it was definitely a wake up call of like, wow, like I life didn't plan how I wanted it, so I'm going to appreciate all that is coming in and you know how much I'm actually earning which wasn't a lot but how to budget what I earned like even if it wasn't a lot you work with what you have you know and that's I mean, it and when it runs out it runs out well it's not about when it runs out of well it it is yeah <laughs> but it's it's also about you could make a million dollars and still be broke and you can make a hundred dollars and mm -hmm. be rich it's all about perspective on your money. Um, and I always remember that because I, I, I was very intentional in telling myself I don't have a lot, you know, I, I don't, life didn't plan out how I did in that moment, which ended up for the best. But in that moment, I was like, I don't want to focus on, I don't have all this money or this plan and miss out on all this time of memories. Like, yeah. It's not about that, you know, and I never look back on that time and think like, you know, it was definitely a wake up call, but I don't look at it like I miss, missed out on that time. The other time was. Well, let me jump in real quick here before you hold that, because you, you said something very important. You can make a million dollars and still be basically essentially bad with money. And. Anyone that hears this financial coach wise nationwide, we talk in our group all the time. Some of our clients, a lot of our clients make very, very good money and they are terrible managing it and they have a ton of debt and they rack up credit card debt. And it's a huge thing. It's a huge struggle. And especially in the last year or two with inflation, especially adding on. It's a huge struggle for a lot of people. I mean, you can read all the reports. You just Google it and 61% paycheck to paycheck that are making a hundred grand, 61%. It's more than that. Now I guarantee you, I would guess it's probably at least 70% making hundred thousand dollars are paycheck to paycheck because of mismanagement money or inflation that went way up and they weren't ready for groceries and Taco Bell and all these places they go to go way up. 
So I think that was very important what you said is just, yeah, you can make as much money as possible if you're not good at managing it. That's why you see so many of these college athletes and, you know, the the big athletes that get their first big big gig and their big paycheck and stuff and they go blow it all in, within a year, a couple of years. So. Well, I think that also with athletes and, you know, big people who make all that money, if you're never supposed huh. to how to manage or how to take in yep. that amount of money that can be overwhelming and that's also you know where that comes from what was your second moment now you were uh, going to tell me well uh right before in 2014 no i'm yeah 2014 this is mine but you're gonna steal it that's fine <laughs> no it's not yours oh, okay let's hear it <laughs> we'll see um so, right, it was April, and I had been at a job that um, I was not getting the most out of. I just felt defeated when I'd come home. I knew that wasn't the job for me, and I I had this epiphany. I had to to leave this job. I I was not going to stay any longer. So I. I came to you, we sat down, and I go, I have to quit this job. This is mine, but that's okay. What's it? <laughs> this is mine. This is well, the story I get, tell. I've well, told you know what? Then you get my view of it. Okay, go ahead. Um, Continue on. Now, if you guys haven't heard this, it's, it's all over my well, podcast. Well, you know what? YouTube. Now you get, you all right, here get we go. my perspective now. <laughs> all right. So um, let's, let's hear the, the so wife's side. So go I ahead. sat down with Brian, and I talked, and we were... We were staying at his parents at the time before, while our house was getting closed on. Uh, yes, we were about to move in and sign a mortgage. And I decided to tell him I want to quit my job. Uh, and he was supportive. I came in with a plan. I was shitting myself. A um, we're, we're very blunt on this, this podcast. It's okay. And I, I came in with a plan. I was very realistic, and I was in grad school at the time, too. And so I came up with the, I, you know, I knew that this was a huge risk temporarily. I didn't know what that temporarily looked like, mm -hmm. but I will say we made it all happen. Now, during this time, we moved in to our, our house that we currently live in almost nine and a half years later. Brian had to start paying his student loans back. And I was finishing up grad school and doing my internship. Whew. Yeah. Um, but it all worked out. And I remember being happy. Again, it's the perspective of. We were happy else, back then. When else. Well, we're still happy. No, not just us. I mean, people in general were happy back there. <laughs> I don't mean to cut in real quick because. A lot of people have heard this story, but a good point of that is, and I made this point the other night on a call with a client, is we were 20, what, 2014, right? Give or take was our long year, I guess. Yeah, 2014. So we were 28. I was going, yeah, going on 29. And at that time, I was at Office Depot, you guys. I'll just be honest with you. And you were basically quitting your substituting jobs and everything no, else. I was and at a company. I 
Well, oh, yeah, you were at a company August. quit. But anyways, you were making okay money, and I was making terrible money, y'all. I mean, I was 28 making, let's see, Office Depot 2014. That was you were assistant right manager when I was, well, no, that was, hang on. I was department manager going into assistant manager. So, yeah, that year I finally started making like $17 an hour in 2014. Right before that. I was making like thirteen sixty-five an hour or something like that. That's it. And this is people that, you know, we helped on the student loans. You had to quit your job temporarily. You got an internship where you didn't get paid. We had a house. I mean, we did it. I mean, yes, we had, without getting into details, we had some lucky savings and some other stuff saved up. But we had very little extra money, I would say. Don't you agree with that? I mean, we, we, we made it happen. And that's what people under, need to understand is you can make it happen. We also, you got to remember, we had the luxury of having a plan. Yeah. We planned months out because I didn't have to quit that day. So we had months out of... We still had a ton of money going to student loans coming up in a house mortgage, though. Right. I mean, <laughs> that no, doesn't matter how I much you that. plan I when you're making that. 13 to 17 no, an hour. That, and... <laughs> but here's I mean... the thing is... At Office Depot, they were helping be, uh, contribute towards your ma- your loans. So Not we much. Were, yeah, but we were getting some of that money to contribute. A year? I mean, I'm not exact on that math, but I do know that that was part of the money we used. And then I got back to substitute teaching for the fall semester, which, again, that gratitude of, you know, I, I wasn't using it to get a... Mm-hmm teaching position so there's that gratitude of enjoyment and by december all the stars aligned that i was mm-hmm. unexpectedly offered the job i currently have i yeah. still have to this day um and but it was a stressful few months which we were could on have... one income for a few months it was very stressful I remember looking at you after, and I was like, well, how'd you, I just how'd said, you don't feel do, about... I just don't do that ever again to me. How do you feel about being You better solo? like this freaking job. <laughs> no, that was, I think, because I hadn't started Anyways. substitute teaching. Anyways, before I ask you this next... Well, I'm going to read the next question, our final question, and we'll kind of wrap it on this. But I don't want you to answer. I want you to think about it, because I want to put my input on this question first. The question is, everyone, what would you say, Carrie, to couples and partners out there when they're discussing their money and keeping their finances strong and how to get through the (laughs) tough times? Now, hold your thought, because I've had a lot of thoughts on this lately. I think that from my perspective, and I hopefully don't steal too much of your thunder here, is there are so many people out there right now that are scared and terrified And rightfully so, inflation has destroyed a lot of this country. But they're scared and terrified to even talk about money with the person in their house. Let alone coaches, let alone financial advisors, let alone anybody out outside their house. Because they're afraid that they're in a spot that maybe they just feel like they should never have been in. How did this happen to me? And we actually had, I won't call out my client's name right now but we had a discussion about this last night and he basically said a lot of people he sees it at his office people are talking and chirping and 
you know, and I hear it all every day. People are really struggling and people need to understand that it's not just you. It's not just you. It's not just you and your wife. It's not just you and your partner. It's not just you. There are so many people and I'm not just saying that to get brownie points. I'm having discussions with open discussions with my client last night and he's admitting, yeah, I see it all the time too. Like everybody is struggling pretty much in some format. And my point in that to answer that question is you have to discuss your money. I know it's uncomfortable, but as Carrie said just a few moments ago, now more than ever in the last, in our generation, basically, since we made serious money in our age, millennials and, and beyond older or older couples as well. Now more than ever, I feel like the last two years or so is the most important to have a plan ahead method, basically. Like you have to look at the month ahead, the two months ahead, what's coming up in six months, because honestly, things hit you like a truck. So, I mean, you have inflation, right? It's already rough enough for, for everyday people that know things about their finances like us. We make decent money. I mean, yeah, we can afford living here and stuff. And some months it sucks more than that. But you guys, in the last six, no, I'm sorry, we're in November. In the last eight months, we've had to replace an AC and furnace. We've had to get car work on Carrie's old car before we turned it in. We just traded in her old car for another used car basically last week month and a half ago she screams down at me and says hey there's sludge coming out of our freaking drain five hundred dollars more you guys i'm gonna open up and say we don't have an emergency fund right now i am fine saying that because of everything we just listed all of our emergency savings is funded now luckily we got the benefit off of a little bit more off of carrie's car than we expected cash wise we're going to start building it back up like right now, basically. And we'll get it back with, you know, taxes coming back because child tax credits and, you know, more money's coming in and stuff like that physically for us. It's going to go back to where it needs to be. But my point is, that's like, I mean, can you picture that, Carrie, before you answer this question? Could you picture that without any plan? And I think that the biggest problem I'm seeing from clients and people that I'm talking to, and this is not judging, I'm just being real, this is real, is they don't have any plan and they just start spending. So imagine we didn't have any idea of what we wanted to do and we didn't discuss it. We just said, you know what? New AC blows out, cool, just throw it on your credit card. Oh, plumber, throw it on your credit card. But that's unfortunately how a lot of people are doing it right now. I was just spend, 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 don't look at it till the statement comes up. Then you say, oh, crap, I can only afford $50. And it's really how most of us are right now. And a lot of people out there are there. And there's nothing wrong with that because you're not the only one. But now more than ever, in my opinion to that question is, we have to sit down and just duke it out about our finances. What do you have to say about that question? Well, what would you suggest? I mean, I think before you enter a relationship, this was on it. Couples, okay. Yeah, partners, couples, whatever. <laughs> so I think you need to have an honest conversation of how you're going to deal with finances. You know, what do you require? You know, lay it all on the table. Do each of you have debt coming into a relationship at whatever point you decide 
you know, before you become serious, you have those conversations. What do you need? Do you need your own, essentially, call it your money, play money, to be able to, you know, go buy a pair of shoes or whatever without any anyone, you know, it's your decision alone. Um, you have to just talk about it. What works for the family, you know, if you're a family, what works for the family unit in your finances? Like, and be, be okay, honest. be okay admitting to someone that's not okay, or we don't have it in the budget. We have to adjust. It's okay to adjust, I think. And a lot of people are afraid to do that, I think, too, is to say, okay, well, go get, yeah, well, I mean, you love shoes and all that stuff. But realistically, when you get months and months in, you have credit card debt. I really think you have to just sit down and admit to each other, guys, we got like, we got to not like eat ramen every day, but like, we got to cut something out. Well, that's where you have to look at money as there's, you know, if your family unit money goes towards the family unit. So that's key family. I mean, but it depends on how, I guess, how you look at money, how you're going to divide money. Um, I know people separate separate their money combine money however it works for you it just has to be communicated it there has to be a line of communication to make sure if you're a family unit that it flows for both parties and both parties are in the know of what's going on is even if it's a hard subject you know absolutely that was, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, there's nothing else to say about it. That's a lot of great points there. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. So this was fun. Thank you for joining me, my wife. I'll see you in about five minutes when we wrap up our evening here. We already have a daughter that seems to be stirring a little bit. But, um, well, thank you for being on. I appreciate you. Thank you for your opinion. Hopefully this was helpful for a lot of people that will listen to this with couples and stuff like that. Um, Just to summarize real quick. Yeah, I mean, just talk it out. You have to talk to each other. You have to be, you know, kind of vulnerable. You have to be agreeable. You know, some people need this or that. Um, And even people that seem to know their finances and have been there and done that, both of us, you know, we have our crappy moments you guys i mean it's a rough world out there and you just got to keep trucking along i think and i think also just make enjoy sure life <laughs> well yeah enjoy life and but be positive it, it make sure you're you're giving with your money too because one dollar a hundred dollars a thousand dollars if you can afford it, like, make sure, like, yeah, giving is important, but make sure that right. you're not giving so much that, yeah, anyways, that it's hurting your own personal finances, but all right. Very good. Thank you all for joining the first full, this is my longest episode ever. So, um, first full episode of season two, there is going to be more interviews coming, more great content. Keep an eye out for that. If you could, 
Like and, and subscribe. Like, yeah, she's doing my promo for me. Thank you, sweetie, for cutting me in there. Um, like, subscribe, follow. Make sure you don't you know miss any notifications or anything. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Thank you again, Carrie. And we will see you guys next my time. My pleasure.